Blog Talk Radio. Mountains of the Wild Wild West. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. My name is Dave Von Neering, a man with a voice for radio and a face which wears no mask. Broadcasting live from a fictional radio station in northern Canada, this is Cthulhu to Cthulhu AM on Radio 660, The Beacon. Tonight marks the beginning of a man camp journey into the dark depths of occult truth. Who killed JFK? What really happened in Roswell? Has the Internet assimilated us without our knowledge? Is fluoride merely delicious, or is it nutritious, too? I hope we will find out together, fine listeners. If you would like to support this and other radio shows recorded under the On the Remembered Slopes brand in association with our brand-new producer, Wes Hines, please head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash c-o-c-o-t-r-s. Number to call in to get in on the action is 516-453-9184. I have absolutely no idea how this works, but the idea is to get lots of you on the air and have a lot of fun. So, for the time being, uh, let's uh, let's just kind of get into uh, one particular conspiracy theory that's been uh, on my mind of late. Um, really cool one that I ran across. Uh, it's called the Saturn Death Cult. Theory, uh, and if you go to SaturnDeathCult.com, that's SaturnDeathCult.com, you'll have a guy that's basically gone through in some great detail about this uh, particular theory, and uh, has a lot to say about how uh, Saturn is uh, way more important as a planet and as a sort of uh, fixture in our cultural imagination than you would you would think. Excuse me. Uh, I gotta get uh, the the pipes wet. <clears throat> I've been on Teamspeak with my uh, Guild Wars Guild uh, for the majority of the evening, um, so uh, a little bit uh, dry. But anyway, back to the uh, conspiracy. Uh, the uh, I'll just go ahead and read you some of the stuff from the website to uh, get your minds going, um, and then if you have anything that uh, you'd like to bring up, doesn't necessarily have to be about the Saturn Death Cult. Could be about uh, how you were abducted by aliens as a child, or uh, how you used to speak to uh, animals or something like that. Anything, anything that's on your mind that's a little bit spooky, a little bit scary, uh, feel free to uh, call in. The number to do so, once again, is 516-453-9184. All right. So, uh, going to the front page of this website, uh, you get a sort of introduction. Uh, this website discusses the, discu- the disturbing occult origins of the planet Saturn. 
and its influence on our march towards the terrifying elitist agenda of justifiable man-made global cleansing. That sounds pretty terrifying. In this uh, missive, you will learn why the planet Saturn is portrayed in mythology as our original sun, where it was fixed in the heavens at Earth's celestial north, and from where it watched over the ancients like the all-seeing eye of God. Now that's now we're starting to get somewhere. Find out why today's frightening sex murder cults... Do we have sex murder cults? I mean, like Alistair Crowley, sex murder cult. Uh, maybe the Mansons. I don't have a whole lot of other sex murder cults, but okay. All right, sex murder cults. And secret societies are a twisted yet deadly legacy of a time when people yearn for the rebirth of the planet Saturn as our original sun and source of life and light. Okay. All right. Interesting. We'll also discover the electric universe, the groundbreaking, easy-to-understand science of plasma cosmology, with an uncanny ability to provide natural explanations for what the ancients really saw happening in the skies above them, i.e. the same ancient records that today's mainstream academics brush off as fantastical myths and certain Luciferian-type sects, such as the so-called Illuminati, claim as spiritual illuminated truth. All right, so this guy is going to teach us goddamn Illuminati secrets. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I am on board, guys. We're going to understand the real forces behind the legends of Atlantis and Lumeria. Maybe Lemuria. I'm not sure. Uh, and our continuing fascination and fear of a coming doomsday. We will know how planetary cataclysms caused the ancients to divide mankind's history into a golden age, a silver age, a bronze age, and the modern and violently destructive iron age. All right. Also, if you've ever wondered why the infamous call for a new world order is linked by conspiracy advocates to elitist financial cronyism, missing children and pedophilic networks, death cults, serial killers, and police state terrorism, and hopefully this website may connect a few dots. Well, that is pretty much what is plaguing our country, dear listeners. All of those things, death cults, serial killers, police state terrorism, financial cronyism. I think one thing we can all agree on is that we need to stop these guys. And if they're all being controlled by the Illuminati, then uh, we probably should figure out how they're doing that so we can fight them. We're occult warriors, friends, seeking to cleanse the universe of true elemental evil. Guns, oil, drugs, and sex. Well, all right, we just keep on hitting with the hard punches that are applicable to our daily lives, folks. Learn how the parasitic gods industry, and I like that acronym, has its origins in the financial corruption of the ancient mystery schools and priesthoods that had been originally established during man's silver age to preserve the knowledge of Saturn's life and death as our first and best son. All right. So gods are really people in the guns, oil, drugs, and sex industry. So kink.com is a fucking Illuminati website. Interesting. All right. We'll keep, on, we'll keep rolling with that. We're going to discover the connection between the collapse of today's international financial system and its origins in the legend of the Tower of Babel. Holy shit. Those are two. Man, that's, that's some connection. I'm interested in that. Then we'll understand why certain religious teachings say it is the love of money, not the love of the devil, that is the root of all evil. Wow, we're answering all of life's big questions. What is evil? What is good? 
you know, financial markets, how do they work? Where does oil come from? What are guns? How do sex? Those are what we're going to be answering today, folks. We're also going to connect secret Nazi technology and the modern UFO phenomenon to the possibility of a breakaway civilization looking to colonize space at the expense of the rest of us. So the Nazis are involved. So we're fighting the Nazis, the Illuminati, the gods, um, the New World Order, and the sex murder cults. So we're doing some real good here, folks. This is top secret information. And we're going to see how the alchemical movies of Stanley Kubrick, the alchemical movies of Stanley Kubrick, point to a hidden modern Saturnian elite with a very dark agenda for mankind's useless eaters, and how CIA mind control programs like MKUltra have played a significant role in the rise of the serial killer phenomena. Wow. So we're fighting the CIA, MKUltra, serial killers, death cults, Sex murder cults, gods. Holy God, we're fighting everybody. This is this is the answer. This is the conspiracy theory to all, end all conspiracy theories. All right, so now that we uh, kind of outlined where we're going, and this may take a few episodes because there's a lot here, but now we've outlined where we're going. If any of you would like to call in with your comments, questions, concerns, if you want to come on here and rant at me about how Doritos are controlling your brain, you may call it 516 516- Four five three nine one eight four. That's five one six four five three nine one eight four. And we'll talk about whatever's on your mind, fellow travelers. All right, so we're moving on to Saturn Death Cult Part One. There are two parts, as well as a list of crimes of the Saturn Death Cult, a blog about the fall of the Saturn Death Cult, a glossary a list of other books by this guy, and this guy is definitely an entertaining author, if nothing else, and an interviews archive, uh, so you can listen to or watch, I'm not quite sure what format they're in, uh, people talking to this guy about this idea. So that's that's pretty neat. But in part one of the Saturn Death Cult, we are going to learn about Saturn and the rise of the gods industry, the hidden link between global cataclysms, sex magic blood rituals, and guns, oil, drugs, and slavery, folks. The literal and physical journey the planet Saturn has taken from being a brown dwarf star and Earth's original sun to its subsequent banishment to the outer reaches of our current solar system is the story, folks, of the known ages of man, according to the mythological, esoteric, and occult traditions. The story has become the basis for secretive mystery schools and warped theologies, sex and blood-based rituals, and alchemically driven sciences and arts. It is the force behind the continuing struggle between those of the blood and those of the earth. The conflict between the love of money and the love of justice. It feeds motives to commit conspiracy to suppress, yet its memory lies hidden beneath our fears for the future. Is both the word and flesh from the beginning of human experience, the origin of both civilization and war, is the story of the four ages of man. That's some pretty heavy-duty stuff. So he's going to present us a, a, a simplified view of myth 
as history, which is always kind of a slippery slope, speaking as a historian. Um, we'll go with it for now. And he's also looking at history by ritual, or history as ritual, by way of an intuitive rather than intellectual investigation of evidence. So basically, I think he's pushing more of a uh, magic is a metaphor uh, sort of line here. So let's going on with those assumptions. Uh, we'll have an introduction to the four ages of man. Basically, we've got the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, and the Iron Age. These aren't necessarily related to the metals in use at the time when we're using this system. It's more about the quality or uh, theme of a particular age. So the Golden Age, everything's great, hunky-dory, you know, gold raining from the sky. Then we got the Bronze Age, or the Silver Age, that's like still pretty good, but we're seeing some budget cuts. Bronze Age, something happened, and now we're trying to rebuild. And all we got is this shiny stuff called bronze. And then the Iron Age, where we're doing machinery and things like that, and war, and I don't know, things of that nature. So, Bronze Age is where the heroic mythology is. You got the Silver Age, is comes out of the chaos of the death of the Golden Age. The Golden Age is this mythic paradise. So, Here's where he goes off the rails, folks. Yet even before this golden age in which man enjoyed a tranquil existence, devoid of want, and bathed in the perfect light of a perfect and timeless sun, there was a primordial dawn of eternal twilight. A distant age, wrapped in a sea of celestial purple, radiating a dense and global warmth from a single orb permanently nested at the far north of the heavens. Primordial man, this was the time of the purple dawn, the great dream time of our distant past, celebrated in the oral and written traditions of ancient peoples the world over. So, we basically have, instead of our sun, which rises and sets, and you got the chariot dude pulling it, we just have this orb that sits in the same spot all the time, and that's apparently Saturn. And there's this purple haze over everything, which I believe is supposed to be an interaction with the plasma sheath of Saturn. Um, but I'm not quite sure. I think it gets into that a little bit more a little bit later on. Well, that's kind of what we're working with. We've got, instead of one sun, we've got kind of like an eternal twilight feel. Um, it's always daytime, but not really bright. At that time, there was no sun as we know it today. There was no way to tell day from night. No stars could be seen through the dense atmospheric purple haze. There was no moon from which to tell the passing of time by its phases or from which the Earth's oceans could be influenced in great tidal movements. Man lived in a perpetual state of dusky darkness. The warm and bountiful purple hue permeated all existence and the nocturnal thrived. So, We've got this purple haze over everything. Everything's weird. Everything's got this dreamlike quality to it. The oceans don't move. They just kind of sit there. And so on and so on. Now, 
Like an eye looking onto the world from a swirling purple chaos in the heavens, primordial man would have seen one pale disk of light radiating its benign presence from a position locked at the celestial North Pole. It had always been there, its presence in an integral yet silently ethereal part of the Earth's landscape and mankind's experience. Looking back from today, we can identify this primordial sun as a brown dwarf star, which would have radiated more energy than bright light. Okay, I'm a little weird about the radiation aspect of this, because I feel like that's definitely a possibility, but there is you know, a lot of stellar radiation that's going to be coming off this brown dwarf star. Why didn't the ancients get cooked? But on the other hand, you've got giant animals, which could have been mutants from all the radiation, and maybe humanity arose from mutation from the radiation in you know, the apes, something like that. I don't know. So maybe we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And taking into account the descriptions that have come down to us from the ancients, we can determine that this particular brown dwarf star typically would have provided a far-reaching heliosphere, or plasma seed, which extended out into space like a giant egg-like cocoon, which is really a kind of a weird image, but okay. Um, this uniformly bounces the star's radiation back onto the planet, producing the purplish primordial glow related to, this, to us by these ancient traditions. Now, I don't know what ancient traditions he spot, he's speaking about. I would assume that it could be uh, aboriginal traditions from the dream time, things of that nature. Uh, but then he goes on to say that the ancients of the Golden, Silver, and Bronze Ages, they called this this disk in the sky, they didn't really call it a planet, they called it a god. So you have Kronos from the Greek, Saturn from the Latin. And it was supposed to be the original and best sun. Now, again, I think he's pulling these quotes from somewhere, but I'm not entirely sure where. I feel like some more cited sources would be useful. So we have the, the purple sun, and then we have something happen, and we have the regular sun come back, or, or come into the into the picture. There's a, a lot more to come on that, but I think that's a really interesting uh, idea that we would have a different sun, and that might have colored the perceptions of people living under that sun similarly. Uh, I think that's very interesting. So uh, I'm going to tell you a drink from my uh, trusty two-liter of Diet Cola brand, Diet Cola. Excuse me. And I'm going to go ahead and give out the number again. So if you'd like to uh, give us a call, number is 516-453-9184. And you can just call right in. I, as far as I understand it, there is a British lady that's going to talk to you briefly. And uh, from there, you can uh, get through to me because right now the lines are wide open. We have the ability to do call waiting, but uh, no real uh, no real requirement to do so. Um, but yeah, so so as many as you want to call, call. It's fine. So I just I've always been fascinated by by these conspiracy theories, and I, and I really like this one because it sort of sucks you in with uh, the promise of sort of making sense uh, today, right? 
And then it, it does that by sort of establishing connections with its past. And I think that's really cool. And, and I don't, there aren't a lot of sort of uh, universal conspiracy theories, ones that say everything that ever happened can be explained with this set of parameters. And I think that's really neat that this guy set out to do that. So we're going to learn a little bit more about the uh, timeless age in a purple haze, uh, as he calls it. Um, Earth in its distant past was reported by ancient traditions. Again, we don't know who those are, but they're there. To have enjoyed a stable relationship with a dimly lit sun or star that sat motionless at the celestial North Pole. For cultures in the Southern Hemisphere, the world was a nocturnal haze devoid of all celestial references, save for the chaotic void that hugged above them. Hung. Typo. The polar configuration, as he calls this particular arrangement of planets, is dismissed by modern astrophysicists as an impossible scenario. The configuration between Earth and its primordial star or sun is nonetheless called a polar configuration, despite the fact that such a thing doesn't exist. It is diametrically opposed to what we observe today in our current sun's behavior, which would be rising and setting east-west. And if we take the ancients at their literal word, a planetary polar configuration with Saturn at the northern top is what they actually saw from their perspective on Earth. How, how can this be? Well, based on the ancient perspective that we have available to us, we can theorize that the Earth rotated on its axis below a star that seems to have exhibited all the characteristics of a brown dwarf star. Both the Brownsdorf star and the Earth rotated in unison on their axis while drifting through space locked together, thus producing the illusion from Earth's surface of the Brownsdorf star never leaving its position at the Earth's celestial north. So, uh, with that said, uh, I think we've got our first caller on uh, Cthulhu to Cthulhu AM. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I think I can unmute you here. Uh, so, we'll, we'll unmute you. Maybe. Wait. There we go. Yeah, you should be on. Hello. Hello. I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, where, where are you calling us from today? I'm Neil Emerson from Blackleaf Falls, South Dakota. All right. Blackleaf Falls, South Dakota. And what, what are you doing out there? Well, mostly I'm trying to avoid the CIA. They can't know that trying I know. Trying to avoid the CIA. Oh, what, now, what is it that you know? Well, I know their secret names as given to them to the god Bushramati. Yeah, he gave them to them, or she, or it. It's hard to do pronouns with deities. That's the first thing you learn in seventh grade transmigrational studies here in Blackleaf Falls. Ah, interesting. So so you're, you're telling me that some kind of entity has, has named various agents within the CIA and now they're uh, they've been uh, converted to to some kind of uh, sex murder cult like we've been talking about this evening. Well, I don't know about the sex murder. I don't really get into their personal life. You see, it gave them their secret names and initiated them into its dark and sorcerous powers, which allows them to communicate with the Beta Centaurians. From there no, they the draw on the power of the black Okay. Yeah. That's not Centaurian, Zentaurian. They hate being confused. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes. Now, I, I've met a few Theta Centaurians, but never, never a Theta Zentaurian. Exactly. 
their home worlds. And now I know why. Yeah, their home worlds. They have three. They simultaneously evolved on three different planets through telepathy. Orbit the black sun, known as Rygax. We channel the power of the black sun. I mean, not we. I am not a CIA plant anymore. <laughs> they channel the dark powers of the black sun. To manipulate all, right, all so, sorts of things. So, so they're trying to—they're trying to control the the minds of the populace, or, or, or what? What about the weather color? Are they uh, are they trying to manipulate the weather? Could that be an explanation for uh, global warming? Well, I'm not sure if you're making fun of me or not, because everyone knows that that is the psychomorphs who dwell beneath the skin of the earth. Ah, yes, yes. I was just making sure that you were a member of the. Uh, Illuminated sect of the Knights of Malta, and now now that I now that I know that uh, we're, we're totally totally on the same page here, Colin. Wait, you're not illuminated sect, are you? They have long been enemies of the Great Mitre of Saint Drybat, <laughs> which I am a member of. Oh man, it's it's crazy to run into a into a fellow member of the war between the light and the dark. Uh, on a dusty old radio station out in the middle of uh, fictional Canada. But uh, I don't really know where to go from here. I, it's a little awkward. I mean, I know that my people are looking for you now, and your people are looking for me. Um, but, uh, it's okay. We'll never find you. Blackleaf Falls is hidden in a trans-dimensional vortex. It oh, has been. I should have gone with that. I should have gone with that the trans-dimensional has- vortex. I just, I just use a narrative framing device. Man. Well, it has Working been ever sense, since the great causality split. <laughs> Tell me a little I mean, bit about that, Colin. would know this with your fancy science, but the detonation of the atomic bomb, we know to our greater power than science, which we call technosophy. We know through our technosophy that the detonation, the first test of the atomic bomb, splintered reality into many component parts, many potential outcomes. In one, the world burned to a crisp like they thought it might. We don't really like to go that to go there very much. In another, well, various things happened. One of which was Blackleaf Falls being shrouded in a transdimensional vortex. I'm honestly not entirely sure how my old ham radio is working like one of your cell phones to let me talk to you, but apparently it is. That's excellent. See, I, I I love the ham radio people. It's a great community. And and look, folks, if you needed a reason to get into amateur radio, this is our caller right here from Blackleaf Falls, Michigan. He's he's actually talking to South us across time and space. Oh, South Dakota, Blackleaf Falls, South Dakota. He's talking to us live from across time, space, and other dimensions with his ham radio. So if you'd like to get in on the fun with the ham radio operators of the trans-dimensional universe. Uh, please do so and give us a call at uh, 516-453-9184. Uh, caller, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. I'm going to go ahead and let you go Drop now, but uh, feel, feel free to call back. <laughs> feel free to call back anytime. Sorry, it's one of my sea wolves. i got to go. All right. Take care out there, traveler. All right. Well, that was certainly fun. I uh, I did enjoy that very much. Um, and you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna learn today uh, when you come on this radio show on Cthulhu to Cthulhu AM. Uh, 
Um, gotta say, I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, his agents coming after me. Um, as I've said before, my magical protections only consist of uh, a narrative framing device and uh, the ability to warp the plot of the world as I pass, as as it seems. Um, but it's just uh, one more risk I take for you, dear listeners. I'm braving the uh, wilds of the conspiracy-riddled wasteland so that you don't have to. Now we've got about uh, 1 minute 58 seconds remaining in this delightful pilot episode of Cthulhu to Cthulhu AM on Radio 660 The Beacon. And uh, I will go ahead and wrap us up. I got this voice talking in my ear. I'll go ahead and wrap us up. Uh, with uh, a few short remarks about uh, what we're going to be doing here on the show uh, as we move on. Uh, hopefully, we can get enough financial support to go move to a two-hour recording slot, uh, set interviews, set topics, things of that nature. Um, for now, it's going to be a 30-minute show once or twice a week. Just look at uh, the different uh, Facebook posts and uh you enjoyed the show please share it so that other people can uh, connect with the show that way i'll try and publish uh notifications when we're going to be going live and uh, you can always uh find us at uh on the remembered slopes on facebook if you just like that page you'll get all the latest news and updates for all of our properties uh, and if you'd like to donate uh head over to patreon.com slash c-o-c-o-t-r-s uh, before I wrap up this evening, I'd just like to take a moment to thank our producer, Wes Hines, for his generous financial support and look forward to working with him in the future. Uh, so from all of us over here to you, I hope you have a great evening, morning, or afternoon, depending on what particular place you are in right now. And I uh, hope you join us again next time. Stay classy out there, San Diego.